Welcome to Revenue Champions, I'm Alice. And I'm John. We interview leaders, experts, and entrepreneurs in the B2B space. Giving you the inside tips, tricks, and hacks for you to grow and scale your B2B business today. Hi there, and welcome to another episode of Revenue Champions. This episode, I'm really excited to welcome Doug Bell um, to join me today. Doug is the CMO at Lean Data. I think you've been there for a couple of months now, Doug, um, and you've got a pretty impressive background as CMO and CRO of some other great organizations in your career. So it's a great opportunity for me to interview you at this kind of stage of a new organization, see how you approach, you know, your first 30, 60, 90 days and deep dive some insights there, which I know our listeners will find very useful. I'll hand over to you to kind of introduce yourself further, your background and also Lean Data. Yeah, sure. Well, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, so my name is Doug Bell, and I uh, actually got my start in finance uh, a really long time ago. I was a part of a team of folks that would help evaluate whether to acquire uh, certain companies. Not a typical start for uh, CMO. I found myself uh, in a marketing role in the early 2000s because one of the companies I was working with at Cisco Systems, their COO thought I'd, I'd make a really strong marketer, and ultimately he was right. I made a big switch from finance over to, to marketing. You know, really, since the time I started, I've watched things like SaaS become the standard, right? I've also watched the transition from, let's call it traditional marketing to digital marketing and moving from maybe brand and PR to a very data-driven approach, which fits perfectly with my, my background as a finance guy. You know, the, the thing about lean data that is so appealing to me, and, and if anybody has, has not heard about lean data, we're a Salesforce partner, one of the biggest Salesforce partners uh, up there with the rest of their uh, bigger names. And what the company does really well is managing leads and uh, matching them to accounts and routing them, which sounds so really basic, but for any marketer who's been in a high volume um, or high complexity lead routing environment, it's no small thing. Uh, the solution's simple, it's elegant, uh, but very powerful. Um, it's as easy to design as a few clicks and drags, uh, which is rare. So we like to call it you know, no code routing or lead lead routing without lead leaks. And I have to say, it's uh, it's really appealing to work for a company where you are actually one of the users. And I've been lucky in my career to be at uh, several companies like that overall. Amazing. Yeah. And I, I should also add, we are actually a customer of Lean Data. We use it ourselves for all of our lead routing purposes and very happy customers. Fantastic. So. Great. Well, I wanted to get started. And I think one thing that's going to be really interesting for our listeners is to understand as a long-time marketing leader in various roles, what it is exactly that you think enabled you to progress into leadership from being sort of in that individual contributor role before? I think sometimes it's quite hard to pinpoint, I guess, the skill differential between individual contributor and marketing leader. So, I mean, if there are certain things that you would say in your career led you into that leadership role and to becoming CMO and CRO, it'd be great to yeah, uncover those now. Yeah, if this is an hour-long episode, I think I'd weigh in fully here, but I'll forgive me for being a bit glib, maybe. But what I'd say is this, that the difference between an individual contributor and a leader is very infrequently is it skill or smarts or capability. Those, those are usually things that uh, marketers have you know, a lot of, right? It's the willingness to, at least in my career, is, is taking those jobs that no one else really wanted, right? So quite often for me, what that meant was, you know, going to organizations that were not in SaaS, that were actually, you know, using what's, what was called installed uh, software, um, uh, serverware as well. <laughs> and, you know, helping those businesses try and transition from one business model to another, you know, 
marketers don't usually like those jobs or jobs where the funding's maybe a bit lower or the product's not a great fit. And I have to tell you, there's such great testing grounds. And I've, I've got lots of really amazing companies on my resume, but I've got some others that, you know, ultimately you probably haven't heard of because ultimately they weren't able to overcome um, those issues. But it's such a great way to, first of all, learn how to tackle some of the bigger problems you're going to encounter as a leader. But also, you know, some of those jobs that nobody else really wants are, are really wonderful ways to get exposed to a series of things you otherwise wouldn't get exposed to. And that's really at the end of the day about skill building and, you know, the willingness to stand up and say, I'll take on this problem. I'll own it. Yeah, I think that's really great insight, actually. And I think that's definitely how I started my career was taking one of those sort of early day jobs, day one with the CEO and founder in the office. And you were a revenue team of one. (laughs) It's quite difficult. But yeah, I think that's, yeah, it definitely rings true to me. That's a great way to get into it as well. And it's not always all about the biggest budget, etc. But starting from the ground up, it's very... Very helpful. So I guess on that note, it would be great to understand how the marketing team is structured at Lean Data, but also how you grew and structured um, the marketing team at Search Metrics, because obviously you were there for an extended period of time and it would be great to understand to get some insight on how you built that team as well. Well, if anybody needs really fantastic SEO content and content software and data, I would highly recommend Search Metrics. It's uh, it's a company that provides its own unique data set, and you know it has some of the world's biggest brands as customers. Really fantastic software, especially their content experience software. So, plug for my old company. But you know, I have to say, really different organizational needs and a very different role for marketing in both. Uh, so, really a good thing to compare and contrast with, right? So, Search Metrics, European based, founded in Berlin, started as a boutique consulting agency, grew into an international SEO powerhouse, right? Um, but the really the need there was how do you grow beyond what I'll call a, not a small country. Uh, there's 82 million people. It's the largest economy in Europe. But at some point, your ability to grow is constrained by that, right? So search metrics goal was to grow internationally, and they created quite a footprint for themselves. So that's one kind of background in terms of how do you staff a marketing organization, you know, taking a German brand and making it you know, acceptable to the United States and, and making sure growth is occurring there. Lean Data is uh, very much a North American company. We have uh, customers around the world, but we don't necessarily have a European presence. And they're slightly different sized organizations. Um, Lean Data is uh, bigger. And, you know, that wasn't true just two years ago. So the growth here has really been fantastic. So to compare and contrast, let's just take a look at search metrics really quickly. Established market, understood category, lots of demand for the product, but also lots and lots of competition. So that was really an exercise of making sure that brand projected over to the U.S. well, that our cash cow, which was the uh, which called DOC, so the, the German market, that was high performing, and then that cash cow would fund the U.S. So we had a very um, we had a very uh, demand gen focused marketing organization in the U.S. who kind of lived off of the brand and the content capabilities in the German market. And that's really where the bulk of the people were. There was a content team, product marketing team, and demand gen organization growth team that were there, along with marketing ops. Lean Data is different, right? Lean Data is um, a U.S.-centered, North American-centered company, um, and its orientation is very much um, focused in a market that is forming still, right? So lead to account matching is becoming more and more a de facto part of the revenue operation stack or the MarTech stack. But it's not quite there yet. And I would say uh, the best way to represent it is to, to describe us in terms of market maturity 
And we think we're really at the beginning of the early majority stage. So about that, depending on which model you're looking at, that's you know about the remaining 25% of the starting 15% of the market. Whereas search metrics, it's really in this place where it's commoditized, right? Uh, so for lean data, our orientation is very much towards the top and bottom of the funnel simultaneously. So top of funnel is an incredibly strong communications organization here, supported by a content marketing team. It's small right now, but we're going to be building that out. Uh, we have a very strong demand generation team, product marketing organization. And then you guys will be shocked to know this, absolutely shocked. This is probably the best revenue operations organization I've seen uh, in my career. So we really do drink our own champagne. And we uh, apply a number of tools that are both standard for the stack, but also we have no hesitation reaching into uh, some of the newer places within the market overall. So if there's a new tool that's out there, we'll give it a spin. And it's probably either been in or it's going to be in our revenue operations stack. Amazing. And how big is the team then? So what's you've kind of outlined, I guess, the key elements within it. But how big are, are those teams? So the content team size, what would that be? And so. We're a small but fearsome team, guys. We're a team of 10 right now. We're going to be bringing on at least 11 people in the next um, four to five months. So really, you know, I said this to uh, my 20-year partner, my wife, recently, who's not in in marketing. I said, gosh, you know, I'm really turning into the CRO. And she's like, gosh, you're taking on sales. I'm like, no, I'm turning into the chief recruiting officer because 11 is a really big lift. And, And, you know, for a company that's experiencing this rocket ship growth, growth that lean data is, you know, it always shocks people. And I'm like, I'm really, am, you know, I'm very focused on growth right now, how we continue that growth. And, you know, a big part of that is getting the right you know, team size in place. And people are like, how, how would you be worrying about that? I'm like, as I referred to, for, referred to earlier, so if they're my marketing peeps, I'm like, we're at the early majority and I'm worried about that adoption curve and how much we've got to actually drive creation of that curve. Um, so yeah, chief revenue officer, no. Chief recruiting officer, yes. Uh, and really it's about building that staff so we can make sure that we don't have an inflection point in that growth curve that we're likely to have if we're not prepared. And within that, those 11 hires, like where are they majority, are they majority being placed? Like are there some key ones that you don't have, gaps to fill and some that are just expanding out what you already have? Yeah, so um, heavy emphasis on adding content marketing team members and a heavy emphasis on filling out our demand gen team. Okay. Amazing. Sounds great. I guess also this is a good time to kind of go into, you know, you're in your first two months at Lean Data and you you say you're going to be focusing a lot on recruitment, but how are you structuring those like first 30, 60, 90 days? What's typically for you, like your process when you come in? And obviously I know it might vary from company to company, but Lean Data, can you give us some insight into how you're structuring that? You know, it's so interesting. It's it's been a long time um, that I've I've been starting a new job. I was at Search Metrics for five years, and then a company called Automation Anywhere for three. So I don't have a standard approach, right? Um, and if you're lucky enough to be as tenured as I am in some of these amazing companies, you know, you're almost starting from scratch on some level, right? Um, you know, but I would say it's the same way I approach, say, a new product launch, or the same way I'm going to approach, at, you know, potentially expansion into another uh, market, right? And so really your first 30 days are about listening and, and discovery and, and diagnostics. And, you know, I am singularly focused during this period on anything that might be slowing growth now or in the future. Um, and and here's, here's the secret, guys. It's generally not a, a marketing challenge, but a whole company challenge or what I'll call a whole product challenge. In that first 30 days, you've got to decide uh, what you can and can't solve for immediately with 
what you're going to do is you're going to prioritize low complexity, high impact projects. But really, I think effective marketing leaders, and I, I like I like to count myself in there. I've, I've had some wins and I've had some losses, without a doubt. Tend to understand that marketing's role in an emerging enterprise like lean data is really a growth role. I almost want to insist my title change, and that doesn't always mean that you're hitting the boundaries of, uh, or you're accepting the boundaries of marketing. Right? Quite often, you've got a product play or a sales enablement play. You know, or you've got a positioning play that you've got to think about. So the first 30 days are just about that. What's what's slowing down growth? What are the things that I know are going to have a really big in, impact without a ton of complexity? Without, I'm not saying work necessarily, but just you know how how quickly and easily can we get stuff done without maybe uh, having to deal with multiple departments or multiple decision makers? And that's really the fir first 30 days. And what that then does for you is that allows you to create a roadmap. And so for me, what that roadmap looks like is. You know, what, what I'll say is you've got the low-hanging fruit, mentioned what that was before. Then you have these intermediate sprint projects, I call them, and those are anywhere from 60 to 90, 90 days. And then at the same time, you're looking to put in place those things you know are going to take a long time. So as an example, we have bits and pieces of a great ABM program existing within Lean Data. And really, to be able to grow into the bigger enterprise accounts like we need to, that's going to be about pulling those different things together and making one kind of coherent ABM whole. So that's something that's going to take 18 months, guys. And it's really one of the first things I started examining and working on. And in the meantime, we've got these projects we can get done quickly. And that's really the next 60 days. And then setting the foundation for those bigger projects like ABM, new website, taking a look at brand identity. Those are all projects you're starting now with the hope of finishing within a year to 18 months. Yeah, and I think that's great advice. I also think those like low-hanging fruit projects are what gives you that momentum and goodwill early on and people are kind of trust you then and say, okay, yeah, they actually, they know what they're doing. Absolutely. I have to say that I could do a whole session just on how to find those quick wins. Uh, and those are really important. We just had one, you know, if, if I'm not, if I'm doing my job well, I can find those quick wins. And we had a really big quick win out of the gate, which was fantastic. And why do other CMOs who are starting new jobs care? Because those quick wins kind of help you continue your agenda as you go. I think that leads really nicely onto like what are the metrics that um, either that you've come in to inherit that you plan or the ones that you plan to change to be measured on like as a marketing team is it going to be revenue and like what are the key leading indicators that you're focused on especially as you've been saying you know growth is like the number one priority. Emerging enterprise like lean data doesn't matter if it's growing like crazy like lean data um, you're looking ultimately I'm looking for efficiencies out of the gate believe it or not so it's it's you know, it is not about how much can I stuff into the top of the funnel. It's not about how many companies I can target with ABM ultimately, right? It is about how effective am I creating interest in the business and how is that interest translating into, and in our case, heavily focused on pipeline. So, but that basically means as an, uh, an AE or an account manager has said, yeah, I actually, I, I qualified this but I'm not forecasting it yet. I need a little more time with it. That's what I call unweighted pipeline. And so I'm looking for efficiencies. I'm looking for, um, I'll start out in terms of awareness. So for me, that's cookies all the way through to customer wins. And then you're just examining next conversion rate down. And I'm looking to see what the dead spots are in the process, right? But that's that's both diagnostic and measuring for efficiency. And the second thing I'm looking at are cost efficiency metrics. Shocker, guys, uh, as a former finance person, and what I'm not trying to do is to, to knuckle under on spend. What I'm trying to do is understand which programs are effective from a spend standpoint. And generally what I'm looking for is this. I want to be at a 10 to 1 uh, spend ratio, meaning for each dollar 
or a euro I spend, I want $10 or 10 euros in return. You know, out of the gate, you're typically not going to be that efficient. You're looking for programs that can create that efficiency for you. And the reason that's really important is that what you don't want to be doing is spending a lot of money on awareness, which sometimes, especially when you're still developing a market, is really important. You don't want to have the situation where that money is getting spent without purpose, right? You're going to look to spend that initially, and then you're going to look at efficiency ratios to help you, help you decide whether you're actually spending, excuse me, effectively. That's really interesting. Thank you. And I guess that kind of brings, again, nicely onto the question of alignment with sales, which is something that, yeah, I think as all marketing leaders can all talk to you as something that's very important, but also can sometimes be a bit of a struggle. How have you approached that, I guess, in historical, in your career, but also uh, coming in as a new marketing leader? What is your approach to making sure that you are firmly aligned with sales from sort of day one, really? Yeah, you know, I will tell you, um, it is always a challenge to stay aligned internally with other organizations. And it's especially true because, uh, you know, quite often marketing will be pushing the envelope and you have to be careful to say not to get too far ahead of products as an example. What's interesting is, and maybe this is because I've, I've been a CRO in my past life, but I usually don't struggle to stay aligned with sales. And, and that's, uh, for me, it's because at the end of the day, I see our role as a growth enterprise, marketing as a growth enterprise as being very aligned with what uh, sales is doing. We're just using, we just have slightly different tools in our toolkits, right? But our job is to produce revenue, right? So my job is to produce high quality, low cost pipeline. And as long as I'm pressing forward on that, and as long as that's my singular goal, I've rarely had a problem getting aligned with sales. And if there's been a misalignment, typically it's because there's something happening at the strategy level that needs to be addressed. And that's a CEO and board conversation. Um, and again, I've, I've really rarely ran into that in my career. I've tended to focus heavily on growth, high growth, high, you know, uh, high, highly, um, highly, I don't know, potential, high potential, um, you know, revenue organizations, if you will. And when that's happening, you know, you're not fighting over a scrap of bread. You know, you're on a smorgasbord with sales and you're trying to figure out how to eat everything efficiency, efficiently. Sorry for the horrible analogy, guys. I'm, I'm hungry, though, if you no, can tell. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think, I mean, the biggest thing on there is the closer aligned to revenue you can get, the more aligned to sales inevitably you will be um, and speaking the same language. So uh, get away from those MQLs if you haven't already. Um, which brings me on to the final question that we've probably got time for. There's been a big movement uh, sort of led by the Chris Walkers of the world at the moment to um, really kind of transform the way that people are doing marketing very much to leave behind that MQL world, the lead generation sort of contact acquisition plays and really focus on generating more of the direct demand, which is happening in the place, some of the places that you can't really measure. How are you seeing that? Um, and is it something that you sort of agree with wholeheartedly and will be bringing out in the strategy um, at Lean Data that you'll be implementing? Uh, yeah, just interested to hear your thoughts. Yeah, heck, I might be the most radical, I don't know how you measure this, CMO on this front, uh, because I don't believe you can generate demand. I think you can only meet it where it's at. So I would agree with this idea. It's not about leads, it's about demand. But demand gen actually is a term that drives me nuts. So it just happens to be the term that's used for people whose job is to make sure when a prospect is out there and has a question or a challenge that we're there to meet that, right? Um, and this is, I think, where the CMO is so crucial. Um, in that I can create programs that drive problem and solution awareness with my talented team so that there is in fact demand to capture, right? So yes, I believe in the movement very much. Um, leads are not 
uh, necessarily end all be all folks. And that's what's ironic about that is that we're a lead to account matching company, but fear not guys, I have to say there's so much data coming in the marketplace uh, because of ABM and because of the movement away from leads that still needs to be routed within Salesforce uh, that I'm actually really bullish. Uh, but I would also say at the same time, don't worry about the leads, capture the demand. I would totally agree. Amazing. Yeah, I love that. So I think maybe a, a whole new um, article for us to dig into later will be about, yeah, demand gen is not a thing. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm really conscious of the time. And um, yeah, no, we've got to go. And you, you're hungry, so you need breakfast. Probably. I've got to get breakfast, guys. Okay. You're so nice to me. Thank you for letting me get breakfast. <laughs> Thank you so much, Doug. It was great to catch up with you. And maybe we can have you on later when um, you're further into your lean data journey and see how it's all going. I would love that. I would love that. Thank you so much for the time. This episode of Revenue Champions was brought to you by Cognizant. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast to get notified when the next one goes live and follow Cognizant on LinkedIn and Twitter for more sales and marketing content. If you're listening on Anchor, you can leave us recorded questions or comments by hitting the message button below the title. We actually love hearing these. And if you enjoyed this episode, please tell your friends and share it online. We want to get the word out about Revenue Champions so we can bring you the best podcast possible. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.